Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. I am so excited for my guest today. This is episode 135, and here we are with Isabel Allen. Hi, Isabel. Halpin. Isabel Halpin. I just got divorced June 13th officially. I'm <laughs> dropping the name. I'm going back to my maiden name. Halpin. Halpin. Yes, but thank you. Isabel, thank you. So congratulations, by the way. Isabel just celebrated 19 years of continuous sobriety. Oh, my God. Gosh, yeah. amen. Yeah, very blessed. It was a big year because it was October 19th, 2019, and I was 19 years sober. So it's my big golden year. Oh my so, gosh. So yeah. will you tell us what it was like and what happened and what it's like now? So what it was like. So what happened 19 years ago? I got married 20 years ago. And when I got married, it was like this big party, this big party, this big life. It was just a production. And life seemed good, but I was busy drinking and just partying to the max. And then I started to get that feeling inside that something was wrong. And I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew I definitely did not want to live. And that really haunted me to the point where I just really wanted to end my life. And I had a daughter at home and a young daughter. And, you know, I felt really sad that I felt that way. I felt guilty. I felt ashamed. I felt like um, it, something was wrong. And I called every priest I know. I didn't know if, it, I, th- I kept thinking it was because I got married. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. And then uh, finally, thank God, I went to a party and it was a big fiasco. And the next day I called one of my ex-husband now's uh, friends and I knew he went to AA and he got me hooked up with this girl, Millie. And Millie took me to Casino Serenity because we're right outside of Atlantic City. And you know, my life started changing around little by little, inch by inch. I went to the stagecoach group of Alcoholics Anonymous in Memora, New Jersey, and they told me, you know, put a lid in the jug, and they did all those hand, it's like sign language in AA, putting your hand over your fist, and we don't drink under any and all circumstances, and then my husband took me to Italy like four months later to get blessed by the Pope. I have pictures with the Pope, and then I immediately got drunk. I immediately went out and I had to go back to stagecoach, yeah, and tell them that I drank. A guy named, I didn't tell them at first. I went home, I told my sponsor, and she was like, well, do you want to stay sober? I said, yes, I do. But I don't want to go back to the stagecoach and tell them I was drinking. They'll beat the shit out of me. She was like, all right, well, when you're ready, you'll say something. A week went by and a guy named Russian John came up to me and he goes, hey, how was it? Italy, Missy. And I was like, that's all right. And he was like, well, at least you didn't drink. And busy for the first time in my life, I told the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I said, I did drink. And he said, well, you're here. And I was like, yeah. And the next day when I went back to stagecoach, man, the buzz was out. The busy was out. (laughs) Missy drank, Missy drank. And Virgil said, you know, where was God? I said, I don't know. But the Pope was there. (laughs) And he was like, God could and would if he were sought, not Jim. God. And so I realized I had put all my faith in the wrong place. And then I just started rebuilding and I built a foundation every day, every day, every day. I wasn't trying to do a 90-90. I just wanted to go to meetings. I just wanted to get better. I wanted to be well. I wanted to live a good life. But I was plagued with depression. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was horrible. Bill Wilson talks about that. And I had it bad. And it was, you know, I didn't know what was worse, the depression, uh, not drinking, everything, uh, the marriage, like it was all negative and it seemed horrible. 
But, you know, little by little, you know, stagecoach kept reminding me, you're sober, you're sober. And I was like, all right, does it get any better than this? Because <laughs> I need some relief here. And little by little, you know, I had given up my son for adoption 21 years prior to me getting sober. And that year, a really good friend, I lost, she lost her life to uh, cancer. And I decided to contact Catholic Social Services. And they said, oh, your son just contacted us. I was like, what? Because the only thing I knew about my son was if he was anything like me, he'd look for me. And he did. So by that Thanksgiving, um, what an appropriate time. So about this time, 18 years ago, I found my son, Billy Love. And uh, we just became family. And he was like, he came back into our lives, our family's lives. It was like, welcome home, Billy. He flew into Philly Airport. We had a big party. Everybody was there. And he just fit in like an old glove. I mean, every and things just started to change in my life. You know, things started to open up. And it was beautiful. And then I moved to South Florida so Jim could do his job. And, you know, he's a very successful man. And he has a good life. And he's a great, we're better off being divorced because we're happily divorced. <laughs> and, you know, we're so great. I'm so grateful to have had that 19 years um, of continuous sobriety. I would have never lived through it. I would have killed myself. I was one of those people. Um, with the pills, you know, I went to the doctor to get sleeping pills. That's a, that's a, like, I know a lot of people have probably died because they took the pills, but they didn't really want to die. I didn't really want to die, but I just felt so hopeless that we talk about and lonely. Um, but I thank God that didn't happen and that God got me to Casino Serenity through Millie. And then Millie called me last February when I was with Claude, because Jim and I have been separated for years now. Um, and she asked me for help and she committed suicide two months later. She oh. ended her life after all those years. She could never stay sober, never oh. stay sober. It was, it was so sad to Alcoholics Anonymous. But, you know, we don't all live. We don't all live. And then, you know, here I was at this women's conference. I love God and I, I, I love good orderly direction. I need good orderly direction. I have the gift of desperation on a daily basis. I want to stay sober. I want to be sober. I want to live sober. And I get all of my answers with a group of drunks. I mean, who would have thunk it, right? Who would have thunk that sitting in a meeting every day, I get the solutions I need to live my life. And the virtues that were taught, you know, like just being honest with Rush and John, just surrendering, I'm done, here I go. And keeping that open mind and always reaching for hope instead of dope and, you know, really being willing to go the extra mile. Like I never did anything busy. I'd, I'm one of those people that signed up for the gym and never went, you know, right. maybe one time and, you know, took one class and then I paid for a year. So that's the kind of person I was. And I was never like a follow. I seemed like I could never get anything done. I was surprised I graduated from college. But last year at the women's conference in Delray, I was with, I brought Amy in to speak on behalf of her recovery, which you know, Amy, I mean, I'm, she, that girl rocks. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're like, we should do this at home. You know, we should do this down the shore. You well, know? Wait, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Because we get a lot of people that write in and they're in, at their homes and they're really scared and they yeah. have never gone to a meeting yet. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't want to go in my own town. I have a good friend down in mm -hmm. Texas that is like, I kind of think I might need to check one out one time, but I'm really nervous to go in my backyard and have somebody see me. And did you have any of those oh feelings from the beginning? Oh, my God. Yes. 
I listen, 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I was a big Betty Boop fan. I had this gorgeous jet black bomber jacket with Betty Boop on the back. And the guy that sold it to us was a good friend with of my, my ex-husband's now. And at the first meeting I walked in stagecoach, I saw that guy. I could have dropped dead. I'm, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, I was like, oh, I don't want to see anybody. I, I Yeah, I lived in fear of that. Right. Did I you go far running. away? Was it far from your, like, how yeah, far was it, it? It was a good, it was a good 20 minute ride. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable when I saw people at first. I was scared. And that happens for a lot of us. We get scared. We think, oh my God, that's the mailman. Uh, you know, whoever. It was just horrible. Gary, that was the guy's name that sold us the, you know, he worked at this designer store or whatever. And, uh. And you and walked he, in and you saw him and you were like, yeah, oh my God. I hid, I hid. And I had the Betty Boop jacket on. And, you know, the funny thing is he had 10 years of continuous sobriety. So he must have 29 years now. And Jim was friends with him. And we went to his restaurant and we started talking. And this was, you know, months later, maybe a year later. And Jim and I were like, you never drank a beer in 10 years? We couldn't believe it. <laughs> we were like, 10 years? You didn't drink anything? You know, it goes, it's like, What? Um, but yeah, I was scared to see people that I knew. Gary specifically, I remember seeing, and I know I saw other people. I was like, I know that person. Yeah, we get funny like that in the beginning. I don't care about that now. Not I mean, now, but back ago. then, in the was, beginning, yeah, that's a fear. Hard. That's it's, a phobia. But you went and you were vulnerable. Yeah, I went. I stuck it out because you know what? When you're desperate, you will do anything. When you're desperate, you'll stay. You know, right. I hid in the corner. I, I made sure I hit the Betty Boop. You know, I turned it inside out, all that. You know, I think I even gave the code away, <laughs> right? I didn't even keep it. I was so obsessed with Gary finding out who I was. Yeah, I so you anybody. hid. You yeah. hid. I didn't want but you ended know. up getting vulnerable, and you ended up letting these people in. And the people, the, the fact that you let them in yeah. helped you get another day. Yeah. Like the Russian guy, whatever you, what was his first name? Russian John. Russian John, yeah. but you trusted him enough to yeah. tell him the truth because so many people feel like they're so alone, right? It was Our the first time I coming. ever told the truth, and I didn't even think about it. It just came right out. And that's when I knew I was ready. When I said, well, I did drink. I was like, ah. And you really wanted help. Yeah. So. And from then, how many women you've, I can't even imagine how many women you've helped because I know that we're new friends, but I just, the, just your aura and your presence, it's just all you do is exclude, elude, you know, love. Well, it's I, all about love. And I can is. see that with you. It's awesome, you know. I say, you know, I have a lot of four-letter words that I love. I'm not using them now, but trust me, I can sound like a drunken sailor on a roll with all of us girls. And we love it, you know, when we're together. And, you know, M-O-R-E is another one. We always want more. You know, if I see something I like, it's like I got to have more. And I realize that the most important word is L-O-V-E, love. And how do I do that? And do I really see the face of God in people dressed as drag or maybe in anger or whatever? You know, do I really treat them like they need help? And it's just remembering that. I mean, listen, I've got some, I work a program of love. I work a program of action. So... It's sad when things like that happen, but, you know, I don't want to take on anybody else's stuff, their brokenness, but I want to be, I really do want to meet people where they are uh, because I knew how broke I was. And I thank God I never ended my own life, that God did not see that for me. 
Um, and I don't think he sees it for any of us, but when we take our will back, when we take our will into our own hands, we are capable of anything. But when we place our will in God's hands, we are capable of even M-O, mother loving R-E. We are. <laughs> we can do so much because I can't even believe busy being here that this has happened. I mean, our dream, Amy and I was like, I think I can get 150 from Jersey. You can get 150 from Philly. We figured 300, right? We're talking about 300 women. Yeah, we said 300. We, we can, we, we'll, we'll book for 300. Couldn't get into Flanders, couldn't get into Portacol. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll, Carolyn, Carolyn Joniak was like, you're going to get 600. You're going to double that. You're going to blow. And I was like, well, let's just start with 300. Inch by inch, it's a sense. Let's take it small. And then, you know, Jim said, you know, you can do it at Hard Rock. I'll match the price. I was like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I mean, he was like, give me the contract. I was like, all right. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't even have a name. We had, you know, we just knew women's conferences. And Amy said, I got this thing, Sisters in Sobriety. I was like, yeah, rock it, sis. So we got sistersinsobriety.net. And then um, we posted it. She did the whole thing on whatever registration. 300 people signed up. 300 people signed up. We were like, what? You know, what? And it just, you know, finally by the end, it was 675. But the most exciting part was the group of women that came forth to help the committee. The committee was so fun. Well, you were there when we did it at Jingoli's farm. I mean, we had so many great experiences. We love being together. Our, Our group, we had like 50 women on the committee. So the committee was fun. We had every month we looked forward to getting together, being together, um, eating potluck pizza, whatever, whoever, coffee, and talking about, you know, well, what should we do for this and what should we do for that? And we just modeled what we knew. I had been doing the women's conference in Delray for the past eight years. So I kind of knew, but you always feel like you don't know what you're doing. But we do know what we're doing because we're here. We're sitting on this, we're sitting in this room, sharing, talking about it with 700 women later that, wow, I, I, I don't want to say I can't believe it happened, but talk about a thought, you know, one thought like we should do this. We should, we, we got women. Let's see if there's a need. Cause when there's a need, it's like being hungry. When you're, when everybody's hungry at the same time, there's a line out the door. You can't get into the restaurant. You got to wait an hour. Nobody wants to wait. Everybody wants to get in to eat. It's like a feeding. And that's what I think of Alcoholics Anonymous as being like a feeding, a feeding of the soul, a feeding of the heart. And then when we get our food in us, we can really serve, you know, we can really, then we become the servers. And it's so neat when people come to the trough and it's a trough of life, of love. I mean, you heard people, and you know, this was an unusual women's conference, Sisters in Sobriety, because we did have male participation. So it's unconventional. And you know, somebody's, somebody's, you know, somebody's B.I.H.'s man, they went off on Facebook. And it was like, you know, we're not gonna engage in that. We are doing things a little different. And we are doing a Mistress with the Sisters dance. And we, you know, this, when you hear Carolyn and Nikki tomorrow, I, I wish these people on this, Thing. They, can, they can tune in. We're going to have links for them. Okay. To get, we're going to give them the links. This story of forgiveness and love, I mean, your heart, the see Nikki Snook in, in sobriety and what he does for women, um, you know, and then we decide, you know, I'm friends with Peter and, and Marion and I was the lady Marion. Why don't you come and do a relationship? Everybody wants to know what's it like to be in a good relationship. You, you know, you mm. know, I love that. Next year I want you on that panel, you and JT. <laughs> Um, is it JT or JF? JF, JF, JF. John Frederick. John Frederick. So 
I think that it's important for people to know because we've screwed up so many things, so many things, but our lives don't have to be screwed up anymore. They can be lived fully and completely and with so much abundance. It's amazing. So, you know, we had Peter and Peter's doing the 5 a.m. talk and it's just, it's amazing. So I want to ask you something. If yeah. you're, if somebody's here and they're listening and they're like, oh my gosh, so they had this women's conference. I didn't get to go this year. I definitely want to go next year. Next year. And I want to ask you, what got you to this place? Like this was a dream, but if somebody's sitting at home and it's like, what do you do every day to help your dreams come so true? I do every day, every day. And I believe that this is part of my process. And I learned this at state. I learned this at A, mother loving A. <laughs> they told me, <laughs> and I went to Catholic school all my life, right? They told me, you better hit your knees and beg God to stay sober. Because they usually say ass. They said, you better beg. Because the odds out on me were you're going to drink. If they took bets in Atlantic City, I would have drank. And it was like, you need to beg God to stay sober. So hit your knees and beg God. And I was like, God, please keep me sober. God, please keep me sober. And then I learned that when I asked God to stay sober and I did the work behind it, like, what do I have to do to stay sober? Get to a meeting. So I knew I had to get my ass to a meeting that morning. And I was one of those people that slept double digits. I didn't get up till after 10 o'clock, right? Me and my sister. My sister, Isabella, and I got sober. We both have the same name. I know it's screwy. But Isabella and Isabella, we both got sober 19 years ago. And my purpose was to get up and go to a meeting. So I knew I had a purpose and a plan that God had gifted me with a purpose and a plan because I was always one of those people that felt like I couldn't get it done. I'll never finish it. And I was a school teacher. I was a school oh teacher and I was working at this school and I was like, I think those kids are smarter than me. And I wasn't even teaching fifth grade. It was like second and third. I would go to the meeting and go, you should see some of the kids, the things these kids are teaching me. It was hysterical. And the, the cast was like, you just need to quit that job. Come to AI. I quit that job and I quit that job and I went to AA and everything I learned, I learned in AA. And so I hit my knees every day. I go to a meeting most times every day. Um, I, I'm one of those people. I love to call my sponsor. I have a Florida sponsor and a Jersey sponsor. Pat, Pat, my sponsor from here is from Philly. So she's a Philly Jersey girl. And I call just about every day just to say, Hey, I'm doing, and then lady, Mar did you meet Marion? Yes. Oh my God. She's the, I love her and Peter. And I asked her today, I said, you know, I would really like you to be my sponsor. I want to experience the steps in a whole new way. I want to have another new experience in AA. And it's just for meeting women like you. And this is like fireworks. But you make yourself available. You're open. You're open now. And you are welcoming. Yeah. And you have a big smile on your face. And you're like, come, give me a hug. And I'm so happy to have you here. And you do that for everyone. And it makes them feel so included and so loved. Because when we come in here, we feel so broken. Yeah. And so, like, there's nothing. Everything's going to be horrible for the rest of my life. I'm never going to ever, ever get out of this. My life is going to be dark forever. How? There's no solution. Nope, I'm going to. Yeah. And you talked a lot about your family. You. So yeah. this is a. You. This is a family, a family disease. disease. It's a family disease. You know, I grew up with the disease of alcoholism without even knowing it. I was a drunk before I ever even picked up a drink. I'm one of them. I belong in ACOA. I found everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous, but I love that ACOA and all those other groups that are independent of us, but use the same principles and the same steps. Um, yeah, my mom was an alcoholic. She's now has dementia and is 83 years old, but she's sober one year more than me, October oh 19th, gosh. one year more than me. Um, 
My dad was an alcoholic. My sisters are, you know, both my sisters are here, Marie, Katie, and Isabella. And so this is a family disease. And it's, I feel like, thank God we're in recovery because it used to be always drinking, drinking, drinking. We're Irish, we're Catholic, we drank through everything. And now it's so nice not to have that, you know, to have a family that is praying together and, it's nice. You know, it's a beautiful gift from God to share Alcoholics Anonymous. And we're sharing these principles, you know, this, this, these virtues. And to have my son back in my life and my daughter and, you know, like, wow, my daughter just had a baby. I'm so blessed. It's, it's unbelievable. If it got any better, there'd be 10 of me, you know, like you'd be walking around. It's well, it's well, it's well. And, you know, when you say I, I wanted people to be included because when we're drinking, we're not included. We've disconnected. We've unplugged from the wall. We've unplugged from life and we feel alone. And that, that aloneness, that separation from G-O, mother, love, and D causes us to feel broken in half. And I think that once we feel like we're included, that's why I love this whole Philly, Jersey, Florida connection. You can feel it. You yeah. know it. Oh, you yeah. got it. It's like, man, these people like me. They want me around. And I love that feeling. And I want other people to, I want to give everything out that I have. I, you can have the shoes off my feet. You want them bad enough, take them. You yeah. know, really, I feel like that. I really do. That's why I give out the books and the stuff and the, the prayers and the markers and the, everything. You know, because one of the things is non-attachment, not staying attached to things, not being so glued to it that I own it. You, Peter talked about that this morning, my, 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 my. No, it's not mine. It's God's. Yeah. It's not mine. That's why I don't like you. my girls. They're not my girls. They're God's girls. They're God's angels. They're my angels that have come into my life, women, the women that I deal with. Now tell me this, if somebody's out here listening going, oh my gosh, she's talking about all this God stuff and I don't understand God and I never was raised with the God and yeah. I was raised kind of atheist and I didn't really even have any religion whatsoever and they talk about this and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. What kind of, what would you, example? Well, I you use give? God in a very universal way. I don't give God the name of Jesus, the God of Muhammad, the God of, you know, uh, Shiva, anything like that. I say God, good orderly direction. God is... Whatever you want God to be, that flower, the sun rising, and I love the sun rising, <laughs> sun salutation, because I also do the recovery yoga. So I see God in everything. That's why I said, you know, it's the face of God. You know, you get to define what God or who or even isn't for you, you know. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Right. I mean, I sponsor so Jewish the, girls that I love. And, you know, I know that every every little religion or non-religion has its own little ways. And I honor that. I respect that. That's great. You know, love, whatever it is. Love is really God. You know, God right. is love. So if you want to say I honor love, love is my God. My, love is my God, then great. So if you're listening and you don't believe in God, you right. can just believe in love. Right. Right, right. right. So, you know, some people say a pencil, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to say a pencil, but, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go that far. But, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, love is really the universal language. People become alive when they're in love. People, people respond. I, I watch my mom with dementia declining <sighs> daily. And when you go in there and you smile and you my mom lights up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> she knows love. She might not know us, but she knows love. Oh my gosh. Now, did you get, when you mentioned having depression, so if somebody's out there and they're like, I'm oh. depressed, do I need to go to, do you recommend people going and seeking outside help? I did. Oh, and guess what? 
My therapist, Pat Costello, is here. She came right up to me. Is a uh, Missy. I said, you see, that woman, I needed outside help for five years. I went to two rehabs sober, not drunk. I went to uh, the, the Meadows in Arizona. I did a week-long workshop with the PM Melody. Um, I forget what it was called. Love Addiction, Love Avoidance. With Melody Beatty. Yeah, Melody Beatty. Yeah. Or not Melody Beatty, Melody Pia Melody. Okay. And then I did uh, the Karen Foundation. So I've done a lot of family of origin. You did Breakthrough. Work. Yeah, Breakthrough. I did it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Katie did it too. Yeah. So it's awesome. But listen, we have a speaker. I got to go down. I got to right. go down to the meeting. But I wanted to say thank you so oh much. God. And now if people want to reach out to you, I'm going to put, I'll put up your email address. Is that good? Yeah. And, and the website for... Sistersinsobriety.net and my email, you know, I still have my 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 husband say, you know, listen, he's a great guy. I still, you know, there's so many great things. I don't ever want to say we're still in love greatly, but we have moved on to bigger, better things. And But will you give me one tidbit? So if some woman or man is out here listening today mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm I've been battling this for so long. What's one tagline or one thing that you want to leave, like a nugget that you could give someone? The the three most important words, the three most important words are God help me or love help me, whatever it is, help. It could even be one word, help. But I use it, those are the three most important words that any alcoholic, any sick and suffering person, any, any addiction can use, help, help me. And don't be alone. We don't ever have to be alone again. You see that here. That's why these women are so happy because we're not alone. We're not alone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, love you. Oh, my gosh. You guys, reach out. Please reach out. And there's going to be another one next year. So what's my email? IsabelAllen517, my birthday. Uh, At Gmail? At Gmail. At Gmail. Gmail. All right. Until next week, everybody. Keep getting busy. Living sober. Bye-bye.